The Owner's Box is brought to you by TaylorMade Stallion's Midnight Storm. His first two-year-olds went through the ring last week at OBS March sales, selling for $240,000 and $140,000. His first yearling sold in 2020 for $200,000 to Maverick Racing, $185,000 to Nakoma Bloodstock, $180,000 to Woodford Thoroughbreds, just to name a few. Midnight Storm's a seven-time graded stakes winner, grade one winner on the turf, grade two winner, grade one placed on the dirt, Brilliantly fast with buyer figures in of 110 and 109 on the turf, 107 and 106 on the dirt. Obviously, Midnight Storm, one of our favorites, and he is at Taylor Made. His first two-year-olds race this spring. Contact Travis White, 859-885-3345. Midnight Storm at Taylor Made. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner at the Little Red Feather Racing Club. I'm saying that as fast as I can because we have to get to Michelle Yu. She is the best. Michelle Yu Hansen. Are we, what are we going with no, these days? No, you asked. It's just Michelle Yu. Just Michelle Yu? Yeah. Okay. I thought there was a Hanson. I mean, yeah, I'm married, and I my last name is technically Hanson, but I still use you for work. You know what? Whatever you say is fine with me because you are be- quickly becoming the best in the business. Um, I get more emails and texts from people saying how great you are on a weekly basis, and it's starting to annoy me, actually. Oh, that is so sweet. I never get those. That's nice to hear. Well, I think it's not true, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> we have a great guest. We, we well, First of all, let us apologize for last week. We missed uh, everything because I was actually doing work at the OBS sales in... It's because Billy dropped his computer and broke it. That's what it comes <laughs> that- to. Yeah, that too. part is true also, but I was in Florida at the at, in Ocala at OBS March. It was great. We picked up two really nice fillies that are uh, now available for syndication at littleredfeather.com. So um, that's my advertising for the day. But we have uh, Jerry Weslow is going to join us today. Michelle booked a great guest. He is from um, Flawless Racing, which is a new partnership, Michelle, new syndicate. I have no idea. What? I don't know anything about it. All I know <clears throat> is that he is a part owner of Brand of the Bartender, who won the Sensational Star on Sunday, and I just love that horse, so I thought it would be really cool to have one of his owners on. So I don't know anything except for his name. I think that's kind of cool. Let's just <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna wing it today. We are gonna wing it, but let's first get to three things of no to Michelle. I think I know where we're starting. Okay, well, I'm going to start with Life is Good is off. Oh, you went went negative first. Yeah, I want to go negative, positive, positive. Okay, all right. Okay. Okay. So, unfortunately, Life is Good did work this week. He worked scintillating in a minute. I think he worked 111, right? 111 and change. Um, On the wash rack later on, he did appear to be a touch off, and further investigation found a chip in a hind ankle. I think he's actually already been taken to Kentucky to have that taken care of. It is definitely not life-threatening. It is most likely not career-threatening. Chips are fairly common. It's just an unfortunate timing for this particular cult. Brilliant animal. Uh, the work the other day was from, I was not there, but from everybody who texted me and called me afterwards, they said it was absolutely insane how good he worked. And uh as Baffert told me the very next day when I saw him, he said, yeah, the, the wash rack is the most scary thing we have going right now. It's like, <laughs> if we can't get him off the wash rack, 
we're in big trouble. Um, but yes, I've heard everything that you've heard that uh, he will be back. And uh, obviously it's disappointment for um, China Horse Club and Windstar, uh, who have a brilliant animal on their hands. And unfortunately, he will not be in the Kentucky Derby and probably not in any of the Triple Crown races. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, the, 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 let's say the silver lining, he'll be back. The other silver lining is we're going to have one hell of a Santa Anita Derby coming up uh, a week from Saturday, which is now, I think, going to be a very, very interesting race and gives a lot of horses a chance to gain points towards the Kentucky Derby. It looks like Medina Spirit is going to stay home now. Johnny V's flying in to ride him. We'll have Dream Shake. We'll have uh, possibly the Simon Callahan Colt. We're going to have a dog. Actually, I think he's going to go to the wood. He may go to the wood. We, uh, Baffert's other horse, Defunded, who is really impressive, breaking his maiden uh, mm-hmm. last month, is going in there. So it's going to be a really good race, a good betting race, too, um, for people who listen to the show and like to gamble, which is pretty much everyone. What is point two? Uh, point two is just the the Dubai World Cup is coming up. I feel I like can't believe you are skipping the most important that thing is that is going to be last. Okay, you're saving the best for last. Okay, go ahead. Unless are you not talking about Hot Rod Charlie, right? Oh yes, I am. How, that's not really like a thing of note. That's just like what? a we're going to give a congratulations. Oh, oh, I'm, so, I'm devastated. All right, go ahead. Right fine. Uh, let's. Okay. Thing, second thing to note is Hot Rod Charlie, another West Coast shipper, goes east and wins a Kentucky Derby prep. What a great story for this horse. He was originally a $17,000 purchase, so he was a nice pinhook into like 110000 And obviously now uh, he's done nothing but great things since stretching out to a route on the dirt. We've had his owners on. We've had his original purchasers on. We've had a lot of like back history on, uh, on Hot Rod Charlie, who is, by the way, the younger brother of champion at Matoli. Well, and congratulations to our very good friend Bill Strauss. Uh, who was on our show just a couple of weeks ago, and it just shows that you come on the owner's box, the karma follows you. And we have had this, for those of you new to the owner's box, if you go back and look at our archives of the horse ownership experience, our old show, uh, this happens all the time. So if you are Mm -hmm. listening and you are an owner and you are thinking about going on a podcast, I highly recommend you come on the owner's box. Bill Strauss couldn't be happier. The interview afterwards, Michelle, was a thing of beauty. I thought he was going to hyperventilate. He was so excited. And (laughs) that is what it's all about, people. It is about showing emotion. It is about being emotionally invested in these horses. This is, we've said it over and over again, this is not a financial investment, okay? But this is what it's about. It is about how you feel when your horse, a horse like Hot Rod Charlie, goes out and wins the Louisiana Derby and punches his ticket to Kentucky. That's what you saw with the emotion of Bill Strauss and all of his partners, and and I was just tickled. I was also, and I love that everyone was like, oh my gosh, I love this guy now because he was so excited. <laughs> um, and we got to hear that from him, you know, a couple weeks beforehand. Yeah, that's that was point two. Okay, you can go to point two B. All right. The Dubai Point. World Cup. Yeah, no one cares just, about. Does anybody I, really care about like this? I feel like no one cares about it right now, and it's still going to be a really good race, but I guess no one else cares. Okay, yeah. so then the next thing would be fans. Fans. Fans, 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 fans. <laughs> They're going to be letting fans in all kinds of stinking places. So 10,000 fans are going to be allowed to come to Preakness, which is way better than no fans, if I can say that. I think it um, is. We're going to start having fans. On. In limited capacity at uh, Santa Anita starting next month. The Great Race So that's going to be exciting for people that want to return to the Great Race Place. It's going to be 
you have to buy a seat. So like it, you, there's no walk up general admission um, because we have to stay on code, but definitely going to be able to come back if you'd like. And Keeneland is having fans at uh, at their meet. It is a, I feel like a random auction or not a random auction, like a random drawing if you get to come or not. <laughs> I don't know how um, and they do have some tickets available for sale for the Kentucky Derby as well. So we are slowly moving our way back towards having real people screaming as horses come down the stretch. I cannot wait. I think that is uh, going to be amazing. I have personally missed it. Um, there is nothing like when everyone's screaming and yelling, especially when it's your horse, uh, except when you lose at, you know even money or something because that's brutal uh but for the most part it's so going to be so much better than just seeing michelle you slap her program in her stand by herself and it resonates through the entire track (laughs) ain't that the truth it's gonna be okay well that was all of our things of note three things of note all right here's what we're gonna do we're gonna take a quick break and then we're going to be back with uh jerry weslow am i saying that right michelle think so jerry weslow okay of flawless racing we're going to find out all about his uh, ownership journey and brand of the bartender and uh when we come right back see you in a second as many of you who listen to this show know lone star park has a very special place in my heart personally uh 2004 breeders cup mile singletary wins at Lone Star, we had a great time. It is a great place to watch races, and it's a great place to run your horses. They're, they are back. Lone Star's Millions Day card is going to be special. It's Memorial Day, Monday, May 31st. Five stakes, totaling $1.1 million, including the Grade 3 Sex and Mile, which has a purse increase from three hundred dollars to 400000 Lone Star, Million Day, and the Ouija Board Distaff return after 10 years year hiatus three new stakes the texas derby the chamberlain bridge and the memorial day sprint it's free to nominate nominations close saturday may 22nd lone star park and we're back on the owner's box and we have a very special guest jerry weslow is joining us today he he runs under uh flawless racing which makes him win all the time because they're flawless right jerry (laughs) i don't know about that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where, where did flawless racing come from first then well there there is a story and it's a very simple one there were four original partners and there is the first letter of each of our last names is f-l-a-w no way so we didn't oh. want to make yeah we didn't want to make it flawed racing so we decided to go with flawless i think flawed <laughs> racing would have been amazing by the way jerry um for, we didn't even thanks for coming on today tell us a little bit about your your background and, and how you first got into uh, horse ownership horse ownership well i guess you'd have to go back to uh childhood how i how i got attracted to the sport was family as it is for i think a lot of us my dad had a lot of hobbies and a lot of passions and he, he liked to hunt, he liked to fish, but he also liked to go to the racetrack. And uh, I have four older brothers. None of them took to the racetrack. They took to the hunting, the fishing, the sports, everything else. And he had one last shot. So I was the one that uh, fit the bill. And we always joked that he used to tell me when I was a little kid that he was taking me to the zoo. And the <laughs> zoo that he took me to only had one animal and he had numbers on it. And... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> that's where I, that's where I ended up, and it backfired on him because I absolutely loved it as a kid, and I, I could tell you millions of stories. My brothers and sisters used to drop me off the racetrack when I was little, and you know they wanted to be with their boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever, and uh, yeah, it was great. I loved it, and uh, and uh, horse ownership. To make a long story short, we our family has had a box at Del Mar for three generations now, back since the days of Bing Crosby. And uh, when um, my dad uh, would take us down to the races all the time. In fact, our box used to be next to Jack Klugman, of all people. Amazing. From the odd couple. Sure. He sat next to us. Jack, he wasn't the most social guy, but eventually he went, he moved on. And Mike Jarvis, who has owned several horses, he's won some big, big races. His family had horses with Wally DeLossi. And every year we would see each other at Del Mar and he'd go, Jerry, we got to get a horse. We got to get a horse. And I had other friends that were excited and they said, if you ever get a horse, you know, let me know. And one thing led to another and uh, we claimed our first horse in 2017. Oh, so it wasn't even, it wasn't even that long right? ago. No, not at all. And we've had insane success and, you know, so much of it is attributed obviously to Craig and, um, and just a lot of good fortune. And, um, you know, we got into it with our eyes wide open. Uh, you know, I've told the partners when we started, we may never win a race, you know, we may claim two or three and everybody knew that was the case. And we, we, we won our first race. It took us a year, maybe a little bit longer before we won our first race. It was a non-winners of two and you'd have thought it was a Kentucky Derby. We were just going nuts. We went crazy, and we thought that was the pinnacle. Isn't that? And then, it, lo and behold, yeah, you know, we've uh, claimed an additional three or four, and uh, two of them have went on to win stakes, won a grade three, and, I mean, we've just had just really, really good fortune, and it's just been such a cool ride. I mean, just so much fun. Just so you know, we were uh, also in on Brando, the bartender, the day you claimed him. How about that? I know story? you were. How about that? I know story? you were, and you want to. Hear, here's a great story, and you may remember this. So, it was a six-way shake that day. Yep. And um, we were in our box, and we really, really wanted the horse, and we had lost on two previous shakes. So we were having some bad luck. We weren't able to get a couple horses we wanted. We knew this was a really nice one, as evidenced by a lot of people being in for the claim that day. And um, so we're sitting in the box, and we're watching Craig. We're right above him, and we watch him make the shake. And they pull the pill or the you know the number out of the of the bottle, and a couple trainers put their heads down and walked away. And Craig didn't really make any gesture for a few seconds. Then he turned and he gave us the thumbs up, and we cheered <laughs> like we'd won a race. That's and awesome. He goes. He goes, Jerry, act like you've been there before. Right. That's and amazing. I don't know if you'll remember this, but you looked up at us. Oh, really? It was the coolest thing. There, yeah, there was no, there was really, there was no jealousy. There was no disappointment. You, and you looked up and you smiled and it was almost a smile like, geez, if these guys watered it that much, I'm glad they got it. Kind yeah. of one of those smiles. <laughs> oh, and I'm glad. Was, and, and I still remember that. That's because amazing. I remember you being down there, and I remember it was a big crowd. And we went nuts, and we go back to the receiving barn, and, 
you know, it's like waiting for a baby to be born. You know, you're like, gosh, is anything going wrong? We gotta get him. Just such a cool ride, and isn't he it, is. Yeah, isn't it? Well, before you go on and we talk about about him, isn't there's something about um, the claiming process? And obviously, you've been doing it now for four or five years. You talk about losing shakes. I, personally, and I've said this before on the show, I, I'm more nervous when we are claiming a horse than I am in a, just a regular race. And I don't, I can't quite put my finger on it. Maybe you can help me because you guys seem like you're so enthusiastic and you're so into it. What, what is that feeling? It's like, for me, I always just, I just want to be right. You know, you know, I think I, I think as evidenced by our reaction that day, it was like winning a race. I mean, I, so yes, you do have nerves, especially when you really want one. And, you know, and then, you know, Truth be told, the ones we missed out on have been okay horses, but you just wonder, gosh, you know, God's got a plan for all of us, right? I mean, why did we miss out on those? Sure. And then we're fortunate enough to end up winning a six-way shake for Brando. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, just so much fun. And and this will sound really cliche. I mean, we still haven't come off cloud nine after that race the other day, but he lost that tiz now, you know, he looked like a winner mid mid stretch in that race mm-hmm. and you talk about the emotion of a claim the emotion I, it took me days my my wife sitting there console me for a couple of days i couldn't get over that race and it wasn't you know monetarily speaking or anything like that it was just the horse has been so honest and so cool you just really wanted it for the horse and it sounds so cliche but we really did we just Brando, everybody's like, oh, Brando's such a neat horse. He always runs third. He's so honest. But <laughs> he, he really is. He really is a little champion. Oh, he is. No. He really he... is a little champion. And, and to win that second stake kind of kind of stamps. And he's, you know, kind of a little poor man soy set right now. You know, he's right. an older horse. And everybody <laughs> digs him. And it's just so cool. And so it's cool. even, Michelle, I know you have a question. I'm going to jump in with one thing, and then I'm going to turn it over to you. But it, it's kind of like when you say, we say it all the time, too, like the horse deserves it. You know, it's not, it, and it doesn't matter. What we what we try to say on the show all the time, it doesn't matter if it's a $16,000 claiming horse, uh, a little cowbred steak horse, or even a grade one winner. It's like, for us as owners, and I think you'll agree with this, like the horses are kind of all the same. We just love them and we just want it for them. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And uh, and I, I think you've hit it on the right on the head. There's not much more else to say. And, you know, knowing a little bit about you guys and, and Michelle too, I'd be, I'd be remiss in not giving so much credit to Craig as well. And, you know, Michelle's husband, Ryan, is, you know, from a – has a smaller outfit as well these days. And there are so many great trainers out there that given the opportunity, they can show their stuff. And, you know, I know that uh, Ryan's had horses over at Los Al and there was a lot of buzz about why'd you run them at Los Al. And there's a story behind that too. But the little trainers, I shouldn't say little, that's the bad word to use, but trainers with smaller barns, are going to give certain owners a little more attention and are going to find those little spots that exist mm-hmm. for horses such yeah. as Brando. And it was just, you know, we were we were looking at working him that week. Right. That's all well, we wanted hey, to do. Hey, we were out. just trying to get, yeah, we were just trying to get him ready. And, you know, I thought about it. I'm like, you know, he's not cranked all the way up for this race. It's a 
short turn, short stretch. He's probably not going to get there. And then everyone's going to wonder why the heck did we run him there? You know, and, and he showed so much class that day in, in doing what he did. And it may not seem like a big deal on paper. People may not look at it as a win, but it was just such a sharp move by Craig to even find that spot. Cause there's no way we're putting him up for a claim. Mm-hmm. I mean, to find an, a, a thousand yard race where the only condition is you haven't won at a thousand yards. I mean, it was just, you know, so, so much credit goes to Craig and his wife, Nancy, they both then, you know, they become friends, you know, Jerry, I got to ask you, uh, why did you get into claiming? Why not buy a yearling or, you know, obviously everyone likes their own aspect of the game, but why, why was this for you? I don't think anything's off the table right now. Um, we did look at a horse at, um, at an auction once, um, back in Kentucky, um, uh, Battle of Blenheim. Horse ended up running, uh, I think he's still running down a goal string. And it was, you know, a little bit out of our uh, comfort zone from a, from a price standpoint. But nothing's really off the table. It was just, you know, that was how we were introduced to the game. And, you know, I guess there is some, you know, immediate gratification for the mm-hmm. partners of, you know, that being able to get right back on the track if the horse is, in, is going in good shape and in good form. So I would say that's probably why. And, you know, that for our group, that 40 to 50 to thousand dollar claimers kind of our sweet spot too so you know and then we've obviously you know when things you know bear out you can land a good one at that level as well you know and have those opportunities i i don't know if you know the other horse that craig claimed for us was cupid's claws oh and, yeah uh, sure. ran second in the tokyo we, city he won the tokyo, won the tokyo city. city no yeah, yeah he crushed the in the tokyo city, city. Yeah, yeah so he awesome. won he won he won right off the claim and uh you know, was so that for, was you know, that they're, first they're, time on dirt, right? Was that what it was? That's exactly what it was. He, you know, Craig had just, you know, noticed that uh, the horse was bred to run all day, and um, he liked the way he worked on the track in the morning. Mm-hmm. And he said, "I'm just surprised that he's never been given a shot." And there's this race. I mean, he he painted the whole picture. I mean, it wasn't like you know the Tokyo City just happened to be coming up. It was like we're going to claim him. We're going to run him in this race, and. Uh, Flavian got on his back in the morning and said he loves the dirt and the rest of his history. I mean, he ran a huge race and I mean, did you ever, I mean, in our lives, did we ever think we'd be back at Keeneland running on Breeders' Cup Day? I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, we went back there and ran and and uh, he had a little hiccup with the knee and we're giving him time and we'll be back here in a month or two. Awesome. I, I have just more personal questions about you, mm-hmm. like as, a, as an owner, do you... Um, have a hand in picking out horses that you claim? Are you like throwing horses at Craig left and right? Or do you just wait for him to I, come I, to you? He, he is, he is the, uh, he is the brain behind the operation. Do we, do we offer up opinions? Um, <laughs> you know, Mike Jarvis, you know, has been around the game for a long time. I, I come from the handicapping side. So I look at it with a little different, but you know, Yes, we offer opinions, but no, he he's finding these horses. There's no doubt about it. And then I will say one thing though is, uh, you know, six seven years ago, I was never excited to see a condition book come out. Now it's like <laughs> Christmas. I can't wait for the condition book to come out because I would, you know, and and it is fun. And and again, getting back to you know size of the barn, you know, we're all you know a phone call away from Craig, and we're not bugging him and. You know, he, I, I'm sure he's rolling his eyes at our suggestions sometimes, but he's always nice enough to listen. And uh, it's just, 
just an awesome relationship. And, uh, and like I say, him and Nancy have been just awesome. And, and the friends that we've garnered along the way, I mean, it's just, you know, the partnerships obviously, you know, bring other people into the equation and they become friends. We, when we were up there on Sunday, um, some of the owners that had Brando prior to us were there uh-huh. and I've gotten to know them and there's no, you know, no jealousy, no, you took our horse. I mean, they still love them like we do. And it's just so cool. Just, the, wow. I, I, I wish there was a way to bottle it up and give people these emotions, you know, and younger people and say, gosh, you got to go to the races. You got to see this, you know, and because, you know, obviously like you guys I have a huge passion for it. How old are you, Jerry? I'm 52. Okay, so you got into the game right around like your late 40s, right? Do you feel like if you had gotten into the game earlier, say like late 20s, would that have made a difference on how you looked at the game? I mean, we're always talking about we need fresh blood, we need fresh blood, but would it have made a difference to come in earlier? From the ownership side? Yeah. Yeah, I would have had a, I would have probably had a, a very different perspective. You know, my dad was offered, um, you know, he got in in very, very small pieces in horses when I was younger, um, but never, never big. And uh, I always give him a hard time because this horse I'm going way back. I don't know if you guys will remember it, but a uh, horse by the name of Davies Lamb. And she won some turf races. Hmm. Uh, uh, the grade two down in Del Mar and he had an opportunity at that one. I always gave him a hard time for not getting involved in <laughs> sure. It's easy. Know, I'll, I'll Hindsight's 2020. Right. The men in our family, I, there must be some gene where we love the horses and the women have always been the barometer. I'm unfortunate. I've blessed. I've, my wife, Mary is nothing but supportive and, and knows I dig it. And she's behind me all the way. My grandfather, quick story. You'll love this one. He had a harder time getting to the racetrack. My grandmother was, you know, big time Catholic. You're down there, wrong people, gambling, the whole nine yards. So the story goes that my dad, my grandfather, how he was able to go to the racetrack with her blessing is anything he won, 50% had to go in the collection on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) And that was how he got the green light to go to the races. Now, twofold i don't know if he ever fessed up if he won and put it in there and two i don't know if he ever won to put anything in there but uh, that's my dad told me that story how do you how do you deal with your wife as far as gambling because i'm going to give you my story is anytime i went to the track and i would come home she would say how'd you do and my answer was i broke even I broke even. And after about 10 <laughs> times, 15 <laughs> times, 20 times of just saying, you know, break even, uh, you know, here's the best part. They stop asking. Right, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> my, I, like I say, I'm so fortunate. I mean, if you ever came over to my house, I mean, you know, when I'm doing yard work in the backyard, the TVG's on in the background. I mean, it's always nice to have a couple bucks going. I've never been a huge dollar gambler. I just like the races and I like having something going on. So, like I say, she uh, she does it's my passion and she's good either way. The only time she ever gets upset is when I don't give her the horse. You know, I come in bragging about hitting the sub t- ten to one shot. So, well, how come you didn't tell me about that? <laughs> that's awesome. She's got her own TVG account, the whole nine yards. Oh, that's brilliant. 
Tell us a little bit about yeah. uh, the experience from last weekend with Brandon the bartender winning the stake. Because Michelle always likes to know what kind of rooters people are. Are they snappers? Are they program slappers? We kind of think this is big oh, sure. on the owner's box. We like to we like to kind of keep tally on how people are. Are you a screamer? What's your down the lane? Give us kind of the example of what you're doing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you know the the majority of our group was there. We all kind of go off on our own. Um, that particular day was weird. I was more nervous than I usually am, and I think it's because I really felt good about our chances. Sometimes in a race, and you're like, okay, I'm happy to hit the board today. We're 20 to 1, whatever. Really felt like we had a good chance with the draw and the post position and the way the, the, the race looked like it was going to shape up. So I was very, very nervous. So two of the partners were kind of near the finish line standing up. Mike Jarvis, her other partner, was um, sitting in one of the boxes, and I kind of was in the middle. And, you know, I don't know. I, I've been told I scream a lot. But when I'm watching the race, I hear nothing. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I don't hear anything. You know, I'm watching fractions and I'm watching the race. I was probably 100 yards up the track and when Brando was passing. So I knew it was over. And I do have a tendency to just, I just like to run into people, chest bump them, whatever. That's your thing. Yeah, so yeah, no, I that's good. A, I had that's a pretty good. good, I had a pretty good head of steam coming as I was heading toward uh, Tim Aldridge and Brian Flanagan or other uh, partners and uh, they know better. Just get out of the way. And then obviously Craig's a pretty big guy so I can jump up in his arms and hug him. And, and then here's another one. Gosh, I know he got best turned out award for Brando prior to the race, but Angel Art Groom, oh my God, he's just, he's so awesome. Yeah. And it was really neat. We always make a small bet for him on Brando every time we go down there. And I'm always thinking, gosh, we should just give him the money instead. And I, I locked eyes with him and I didn't even know you could take the, I didn't even know the winner's circle was back open. This is, everything was kind of changing pretty quick with the pandemic and everything. And I locked eyes with him and he told me, come out on the track. And I figured he just wanted me to, hang out the next thing you know you know angel and i are hugging each other on the racetrack and That's it's awesome. just those guys do not get enough credit yeah. i this mean is, they do yeah. from the people inside the business but uh yeah he oh. does an awesome job it's what it's all about and we talked about it. did you happen to see bill strauss's interview after he won with hot rod charlie on tvg the other day you happen to see it I did i did i mean and michelle I mean, and i were no, just talking I mean, about it Kentucky it was incredible he must be a complete yeah the I mean, who knows what that's like? I mean, going to a Kentucky Derby, and I don't know how long he's been in the business. But Not I mean, that long. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, for him, I mean, yeah, like that's just raw emotion of I'm going to Kentucky. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, yeah, yeah great. I've job. said I agree with you, and I've said many times that when I'm down the lane rooting for my horse, it's it's out of body. Like I don't know what I, I'm probably yep. cussing. I'm saying things that don't even make they're nonsensical. <laughs> I, and I try to explain this pe to people about the experience, and and some they look at me like I'm crazy. So, and I probably am crazy. But anyway, Jerry, um, before we let you go, uh, give us. We have a lot of owners, first-time owners, possibly people who are wanting to get in the game. What kind of advice would you give to to an owner based on your experiences? Uh, just kind of the most important piece of advice. I think for a first-time owner, please do not think that this is too big for you. I mean, it doesn't matter how, you know, you can get into this business with a very small amount of money. And I think the emotion is the same. You don't need to own a hundred percent of a horse. If you own 5%, 10%, it's your horse. 
and you have so many people to reach out to yourself included billy i mean with what you've done with little red feather i mean if that person i'm sure wasn't a fit for you you'd be able to find them a fit and the second thing i would say is if there was one thing i would say is take your time in picking your trainer there are so many great trainers and it doesn't have to be the biggest it doesn't have to be the guy with the greatest winning percentage you know find somebody that's a good fit for you you know Ryan Michelle's husband might be the perfect fit. You know, it could be Craig. It could be a smaller bar. You know, find somebody you've got things in common with. I took my wife when we met Craig and kind of interviewed him. And, uh, you know, they had kids the same age. They were going to Catholic schools. All these little things that kind of, you know, said, okay, we're kind of on the same path in life and it's a good fit. Because it, it's, it's a business that, or it's, you know, ownership is not just for the super wealthy. It's not just for elites. It's for everybody. And I think getting in at a small amount and just finding that right trainer. And like I said, I think you're probably as good a, a resource as anybody for, for putting somebody in the right spot. Well, I appreciate that. I'd like everybody to know you were not paid. Uh, we know, did not discuss so nice. <laughs> anything before I this. I really nice things about Brando yeah. before the race. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but... You know, you know, it's funny too. And for you guys, you know, it, it is interesting. I feel like, you know, when you watch TV or you go to the races, like you almost feel like you know. So I feel like I'm talking to people I already know. You guys are talking to complete strangers. <laughs> no. so I, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys on track next time. Absolutely. I've actually, Billy, I probably we have awesomes and Del Margaritas together. Yes, we will. We owe 100%. you for coming on the 100%. show, and we will. We are. We are now. We will now be looking out for flawless racing. I'm a big fan of Craig Delossi's. Hey, I want to know what box number you are at Del Mar, so I can come by. <laughs> are you? You're not a Raider fan six, like Craig, six, are you? Because I'm a. I'm a Raider fan. Not like a Craig. Raider fan. Which we're we're, we're charged. Dodger Padre fans. I know okay. there's a lot of Dodger fans up there. And the box, Michelle, is 6A. Very, very close to the finish line. Uh, we'll be there for sure. Well, you I guys are invited down, anytime. I'm going to come visit you at we your will, box. Yeah, believe me. And all you have to do is buy Michelle one drink, and she'll be by there every single day. She likes champagne. <laughs> she likes champagne. Well, when, when we're at Del Mar, I drink a lot of your awesomes. Okay. All right. Very good. Jerry, uh, uh, thank you very much for spending the time with us today. Appreciate it. And uh, best of luck with Flawless Racing. Best of luck with Brando, the bartender. Uh, who had a big win last weekend. Um, and we will definitely see you at Santa Anita soon. Please, don't be a stranger. Please come up and say hello, and, and we're rooting for you in again. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate everything you do. All right. Thanks, Jerry. There goes Jerry. All righty. Bye-bye. There goes uh, – that was really – Michelle, fantastic. Yay! Fantastic. We have to thank Nancy and Jerry Craig. Uh, Nancy facilitated that, and – Craig picked him out for us, uh, said that he would be really good, and he was great and so enthusiastic and so positive, which I love. And well-spoken as well. Can I say I really appreciate his piece of advice, too? I don't think that's actually one we've heard before, that ownership can come at, like, any cost. We see a lot of people say, oh, just get in at the game and, you know, whatever you can spend, you can spend. But I felt like the way he delivered it was was different. Like, instead of it being, like, whatever you can spend, do that – it was more like no matter what you can spend, you can be in. One subtle, I agree with you, Michelle. One subtle thing I noticed also, which I will harp on, is if you are getting into the game, um, he used the word interview. And I think yes. it's, I think you don't just have to watch TV and pick a guy out like a Phil D'Amato or a Mike Pipey or, a, you know, a Craig DeLossi or whoever it is, Ryan Hansen. Go meet these people. These people are all looking for new clients 
and people who who you know the, the will bring them horses and they're all different personalities they're mm-hmm. all different characters and i thought his advice that find someone that you can really relate to or get along with or you just have a good vibe with them i mean don't be right. afraid to don't just jump in meet a couple of these guys get talk to some people in the industry call someone like michelle Call myself, email me, you know, here's some names, here's what I'm yeah, looking for. I'm looking for like a, exactly. looking can, for a smaller a trainer. Yeah, I'm looking for someone who does this. Here's the kind of person I, there are fits out there for everyone. I think that's really, really important, especially in Southern California where we know a lot of people. Um, and there's, as, as Jerry said, there are a lot of excellent trainers who may not have the opportunities right now. Um, so you know, I think it was. I think We've it was very, very good advice. We've actually had a couple people that I have sent on to other trainers that I just knew wouldn't mesh with Ryan, or you know the way he was, or the way you know his his we placed horses or whatever. And after talking to them, I was like, you know what? I don't think our barn's a good fit for you, but let me recommend you three trainers that are. There you go, and that's how to do it. You know, Michelle, yeah. um, we are part of the. Uh, in the money podcast network, which we think is awesome. In the money, uh, it's in the money network dot com. I always say it wrong. It is in the money podcast dot com. In the money podcast dot com. But on Twitter, it's in the money media. In the That's money why media. It's confusing for you, right? So in it's the money in media. the money podcast dot com is where you can go to listen to our shows, to read the blog, to get to the newsletter, subscribe. to subscribe. Yeah, yes. subscribe, subscribe to all that stuff. They have great content. They have the owners box, which obviously you're listening to now, which is the best show. Uh, also, Acacia Courtney has a show. Nick Luck has a show. J.K. and Pete have shows. I mean, it's a really, really great place to go for for a lot of different types of, of content. So please do that now. If you want to follow us, it's at Own a Horse on Twitter at the Michelle Yu at BKLRF. Uh, we will post this show. The show is posted. Obviously, you're listening to it. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> if you have any questions about horse racing, feel free to reach out anytime. You can email me, Billy at LittleRedFeather.com. Michelle, always, always, always a pleasure. Um, and in a couple weeks, we have some big races coming up at Santa Anita. So maybe we, we find someone next week that uh, we can do almost like a preview because uh, Saturday, April 3rd is going to be a monster day. Yeah, it's going to be so much day. fun. It's going to be great. So, so congratulations to uh, my man, Bill Strauss, again, Hot Rod Charlie on his way to the Derby. I just wanted to say that five more times because I'm so excited for him and that whole crew. And uh, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. All right. See you, kid. Bye. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu.